by the time I graduated high school, I had moved 36 times. That's 12 schools, six states, five foster homes. I survived two murder attempts and I got in some serious trouble with the law before graduating high school. And through all that turmoil and all that garbage and people's first thought is like, oh, you're in the military. I'm like, look, the military doesn't move on average twice a year, every year. That is not how the military works. Uh, my mom suffers from mental illness with bipolar disorder and, and a few other things. And every time she needed treatment, we'd have to go live somewhere else. Well, sometimes that meant living with grandma or dad, or sometimes it meant living in a foster home. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on, all of you amazing abundant leaders out there? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, proving to you that you can, in fact, live a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness. You know, something I've realized recently, and this is kind of coming from, I guess, the Superman uh, adage about with great power comes great responsibility. Well, as it turns out, with great abundance comes great responsibility. There's a lot that we have to offer every single one of us in one way or another. Rather it's finances, rather it's our information that we can give, our wisdom, our time, whatever it is, time, treasures, or talents, you have something to offer. What's more, it's my personal belief that we have a responsibility to pay it forward and share what we have with others, one way or another. Well, today's conversation is very much built on this idea. And our featured guest today is absolutely going to blow your mind in everything that he's done, everything that he has been through, and what he is continuing to do. It's absolutely an amazing conversation. So, be abundant in your actions today. Pay it forward Make sure others get a chance to hear this conversation and many of the other conversations we've had here on Men of Abundance. I assure you, people will thank you. And even if they don't know it's you who shared it or how they found Men of Abundance, they will thank God. And by thanking God, they are thanking you because you are, in fact, a child of God. Now, before we get into our conversation and bring out our future guests, I want to mention something to you that we've been working on. And I say we, I mean me and several other business strategists around the world. And we are finally ready to launch it. Well, we're kind of in a beta phase just because of the software that we're using. I want to share with you the group coaching program that we now have set up and all of our information is built into this group coaching program at various levels. Now, what I mean by beta, the content and the training and the strategies that are available in this group coaching program are not in beta. They're tried, true, tried and tested all over the world in multiple industries. What I'm beta testing is the platform that we are hosting this on. And I assure you, It has blown my mind, and I know it's going to blow your mind and going to be extremely useful to you and your business, or if you know somebody who owns a business and you think needs to go through this training. 
Now, the group coaching that I'm going to start with is called foundational training. It's the foundation that every single business absolutely must have in order to be successful. The fact is, a successful business is created from a small number of fundamentals, 30 to be exact. And very few business owners know these fundamentals. I know this because I've been having the opportunity to talk with multiple business owners over the last several years in many different industries. But even fewer know which fundamentals to start with and are necessary to build a solid foundation, much less which will help them create market dominance and profitability. Ask yourself this, is your business moving toward market dominance and profitability? Or do you simply feel like you're spinning your wheels and your business is running you? Stop confusing being busy and being successful. Understanding, then implementing the 30 fundamentals is critical to your business success. This group coaching program I'm calling Profit Acceleration Fundamental Strategies is 14 modules of step-by-step training and will enable you to build the business of your dreams. Now here's the basics. This is going to be a three and a half month program. If you can't commit to three and a half months, one Zoom meeting a week, and then implementing the strategies in your business before the next meeting and going over the quizzes and the workbooks and the short videos, then do not request access to this foundational strategies course because I've only got 10 slots that I'm going to be putting into this beta testing program. Now, normally this program is going to be $4.97 a month. The last two weeks are included. That's not starting a new month. So it'll be basically $14.91 or $13.97 if paid in full. However, for the first 10 qualified business owners who contact me to get into this program, I am not charging you a dime. I assure you, you are going to get massive value from this course and you're going to accelerate your profits in your business. The reason why I'm not charging is because I have to test out this software and make sure it works before I charge anybody to come into the program. Look, I've already been coaching people on these strategies on a one-on-one basis and charging anywhere from $1,200 to $2,200 a month to get one-on-one access to me and get access to this these strategies and have them implemented in their business. You are still going to have access to me in a very unique way, and you are going to get the same strategies that you can implement in your business. I've got a lot more details to share with you, but I don't have time to do it here. So go to the show notes of this episode, and you will see the link there under Profit Acceleration Fundamental Strategies. Now, our feature guest today is the host of the Nonprofit Architect Podcast. Be sure to check out his website and his show at nonprofitarchitect.org. Travis shares his perspective as the former vice president of Books by Vets, a board member of the Shine Foundation. He's donated over $30,000, volunteered over 1,500 hours, raised more than $500,000, helped start six nonprofits, event coordinator, and published author. Travis is currently serving as an active duty officer in the United States Navy, married with two children, and at the time of this conversation was on move number 50. That'll make more sense in just a minute. His humble beginnings include 36 moves before graduating high school at 17, six dates, 
five foster homes, and surviving two murder attempts. Although this was very rough, as you can imagine, there was always a person, group, or church willing to help him and his family. Now that he's in a position to give back, he's made it his mission to help the helpers. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Travis Johnson. Travis, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Wally. Thanks for having me on the show. Glad to have you here. Uh, I know you just told me, but let's tell the listeners, where are you at in the world? I'm in Oklahoma City, right smack dab in the middle of the country, and I'm glad to be here. Excellent. I hear you um, had a little bit of a, a storm, and you got some cleanup to get done after this. Oh, yeah. We had uh, well, those rare ice storms come through. It's like 35 degrees, and it rains all day, and it freezes overnight, and we still had we still have leaves on all the trees, and <laughs> Everyone has limbs down. Trees are destroyed all over the metro. Uh, I still got a little bit of cleanup left to do after we're done here today. And well, have fun with that, man. That's a, there's a there's a reason and a purpose. I live in Florida. Now, truth be told, one thing that kept me from here was the darn hurricanes. But you know what? I've been here three years. It hasn't been that bad. Um, they always bypass us. Thank God. So. One day, it's just a lottery, I think. I don't know <laughs> how that happens. But I'm prepared to – I got I got three bags in my in my, um, in my my garage. I got one for Disney, one for Universal, and, and, and one's our, our bug-out bag, our bug-out box, I should say. Yeah, um, we and then I've got the beach for, and the pool, too. <laughs> we got the same thing for tornadoes here. We got a tornado shelter. And, oh, my goodness. You know, kids get to clean out the spiders every spring and uh, make sure it's well-stocked and – haven't had to use it. There was we were here in 2013 when there was two EF5 tornadoes that were both a mile from the house, but fortunately, mm. uh, neither one of them got close enough to to really do damage for us. Got to be prepared. That's what it's all about, and that's part of being a man of abundance. By the way, everyone, it's it's about being prepared, uh, and in many facets. But today we're going to be talking about something a little bit different than that's really kind of near and dear to my heart, and we'll get into that. But before we do, Travis. I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude, man. What do you have to be grateful for today? Uh, well, we're recording this on election day. And luckily, we live in America, and I can walk my happy self to the polling place, which is literally in my backyard. The, the building behind us, the church behind us, is where my voting location is. So I just casually waited for the line to get to where I was willing to go over there. And as soon as it got down far enough, I strolled myself on over and cast my vote without armed guards without being forced to vote for anyone without having to share who I voted for. And I'm very happy I get to do that and vote however I want to. One of those great things about America. Well, good for you, man. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And thank you for doing that, by the way. And just to put it into perspective, I can, I've been all over the world as I know you have as well. And I'll tell you what, my wife, for instance, I'll use my wife. She's from Panama, Central America. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a two party system here in the United States. They have a 12-party system in Panama, and it's re I lived there for four years. It's ridiculous, re uh, just absolutely ridiculous during season. And I've been in other countries during election times. Mm -hmm. And this year <laughs> has been pretty damn close to a developing country uh, as, it come, as it pertains to that. But even yet, we still, a lot of people just need to take for granted the country that we live in and the freedoms that we do have in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, thanks again for doing that. Now, before we got started here, I shared a little bit about the stuff you're doing 
professionally and some personal stuff, as a matter of fact. But here at Men of Abundance, we really like to get to know the man behind the abundance. So if you would, how would you, how would you describe yourself? Well, really, just to spend, depends on who I'm describing myself to. Uh, really, one of those, uh, one of those chameleons. You know, if I'm out promoting my business, I talk about that uh, I elevate others and I provide value without expectation, uh, which is something that a lot of people in business don't do. It seems like they're always out there, like, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Oh, by the way, did you see this? Did you buy my stuff? And uh, that's not the way that I, you know, would build relationships. Um, you know, if people ask about the podcast, I tell them about how the podcast is going. If people ask how the family is, I tell them how that is. I'm just here being me all the time. And sometimes that gets me in trouble because I have moved, as I'm sure Wally said in the intro, I've moved 50 times, and which means I'm always the new kid. I'm not even 40 yet, and I've moved 50 times. Now, one that allows me to do it allows me to be comfortable in any situation. But what I found is that just because I'm comfortable doesn't mean all these people that haven't met me yet are comfortable. So oftentimes I get described as like the wild man or something. Do you believe that new guy just speaking his mind? Because what I have found is that I'm always me all the time and they're, you know, they're just not ready for it yet. So uh, sometimes I get a little bit of pushback or as soon as they get to know me, they're like, Oh, that was just how you always are. I'm like, absolutely. I don't, I don't change it just because I'm meeting someone new or I'm in a new environment. So uh, who am I? I am me. I'm Travis. I'm Travis all the time. Yeah. And I dig it. And, you know, with, I think a lot of people have really gotten a little bit more used to that, especially with the way that we have the social media and social media platforms and whatnot. And I get the opportunity to meet people that I've known online for quite frankly, many years at this point. It used to be odd. It's like, you met somebody from online. Well, now most of the people I know, quite frankly, are online and I've never met them personally other than here on, on Zoom, for instance. Yeah. But there are once in a while you meet those people and you're just like, ah, God, this guy just is not who he or she portrays themselves to be on, on social media. But I found it to be kind of rare at this point. Um, but regardless of it, if it's online or offline, and whether it's business or not, I just completely dig the person that is, I like bluntness. And I do, I get myself in trouble as well because my wife will nudge me once in a while and, and I'll say something that quite frankly probably is inappropriate, but that's just who I am. I don't mean any harm by it. And I'm, uh, I don't know. I just like to have fun with people. And some people just don't have the sense of humor that I have as a, you know, that I grew up with from the eighties. Yeah, absolutely. Part of the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, yeah, 69. Yeah. I lived through the 70s and then into the, you know, so I've been around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, but I've, I've had the opportunity to just hang out with some, some amazing people. And a little, bit, a little bit of that rubs off on me, man. I'm like, I, I dig this, dude. I like that part of that. So <laughs> I appreciate that for sure. Now, you and I got connected. Because I was on, uh, I was watching as I do as often as I can, uh, Morning Joe with um, Rosie and Valerie. Uh, Yes, I love Rosie. These two are my absolute favorite people out here in the Tampa area, just period. I mean, period. And I get a chance to hang out with them once in a while. I was just with Valerie, as a matter of fact, and another mastermind uh, group that we participate in. And uh, just amazing people. And they were interviewing you because of what you do with nonprofits. 
And first off, it intrigued me. That's one of the reasons why I jumped on because I was like, who are they interviewing this time? You know, and that kind of helps me jump on if I can run around the house and do stuff. But what you do specifically is very intriguing to me as a business and marketing strategist, because I don't work with nonprofits generally, Mm -hmm. but I do get asked questions once in a while. And I am interested in, in that type, that business model, but I truly like to stay in my lane. And I know many of the listeners either have nonprofits thought about starting a nonprofit or otherwise want to work with a nonprofit. So that's why I thought it'd be a great opportunity to have you on and have that conversation. So what got you into that, into nonprofit? Well, I, I tell you, it has a lot to do with, with what you read in my bio. You know, by the time I graduated high school, I had moved 36 times. That's 12 schools, six states, five foster homes. I survived two murder attempts, and I got in some serious trouble with the law before graduating high school. And through all that turmoil and all that garbage and people's first thought is like, oh, you're in the military. I'm like, look, the military doesn't move on average twice a year, every year. That is not how the military works. Uh, my mom suffers from mental illness with bipolar disorder and, and a few other things. And every time she needed treatment, we'd have to go live somewhere else. Well, sometimes that meant living with grandma or dad, or sometimes it meant living in a foster home. And through all of that stuff and all of that garbage, you know, there was always some group or some organization willing to, you know, keep us fed, keep clothes on our backs, keep us in some kind of shelter. And when I finally got out of that place of scarcity and survival mode, frankly, uh, I was trying to figure out how to give back and how to be a part of the community. I was like, how do I be part of community? I don't know how to be part of community. I was never shown how to be part of a community. And like, what it, what do people in communities do? And you find out that they, they volunteer and they give and they serve on boards and they show up and I could show up. I could absolutely show up, even though I didn't know the right thing to do. Uh, and like the first time I did, I got involved in a project called Walk with Warriors. Uh, and it was a book written by Shannon Whittington. And it was 22 veterans telling their stories. And I was like, I love this. This is a great thing. Like, how can I help your organization? And she's like, well, I'm not really sure. I was like, well, are you looking for volunteers? I, mean, I know you're looking for donors. Everyone's looking for donors. Do you need board members? And she's like, well, actually, we, we could do some board members. So she invited me to be on our board, and we were able to tell help tell many other veteran stories and get them published and get their books on Amazon and, and share that. And that led to another boardship. And, you know, through it all, you know, we helped raise half a million bucks in just a couple of years. We gave, you know, 20 grand of our own money. I volunteered on the two boards, and then uh, we – helped start a half a dozen nonprofits and probably donated 1500 hours of our times before I got stationed in, in Bahrain. That little, uh, that little funny looking paddle back there is actually a depiction of the Island of the Bahrain. And I got out there and I was like, I'm not doing nonprofit stuff. What can I do? And I was like, I can start a podcast and I can interview great people that give tips and the actionable steps on how to build a stronger nonprofit. And that was the way that I was giving back and, Spent just over a year and uh, had a lot of success with it. And I just got news, if you don't mind me sharing, I, we got news that we hit number six in the U.S., number eight in Canada. And Podcast Magazine featured us as the number 11 in their top 25 veteran-led podcast. I mean, you've got you know Jocko Willink on that same list, and I'm only <laughs> 10 spots below him, which I thought was pretty fun. But uh, you know, doing a lot of good things and having a lot of fun with it and meeting great people like yourself, Wally. And that's awesome. That is awesome. I thanks for sharing that too about the veterans pod, uh, the uh, podcast magazine because uh, number three on that list is one of my past guests and a good friend of mine. Actually, I served with is John Valentine 
with veterans oh, yeah. to be real podcast. Too. I love him. He goes by, I think he goes by Nick. Uh, he goes by Nick on Facebook. Yeah. 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 He's doing stuff down in Colleen right outside of yep. Fort Hood. He's got tons of stuff going on. He's got like, oh. he's starting a, a box company that has a subscription box company right now. Combat boxes. Yeah, combat box. Yeah. yeah. He's got a lot of stuff going on, man. I had a conversation with him this morning and you know, it's a little bit private, but we'll leave that alone. But yeah, I just, I was just talking with him this morning. Interesting enough too. My, my oldest son is in the army and he's currently, he just got back from Korea and he's stationed in Colleen. He's down there with John. He's already gone to John's, uh, one of his businesses and my middle son's in the Navy. He literally just landed in Bahrain today. Today. Oh, really? He was just cool. video. Yeah, he just video messaged yeah. and showed me his room and stuff. So he's super excited. It's his first deployment. Um, so he'd be there for the next five or six months, something like that. Well, if he needs tips, he's more than welcome to ask me. I can introduce him to all the locals that I hung out with. And if you guys are watching and listening to this and you haven't done a lot of travel, the first thing you do is meet some locals and they show you all the cool stuff that uh, you know, just random people on vacation don't get to see. So absolutely. I always go off the beaten path. I know we're not supposed to all the time, but <laughs> I always go off the beaten path and meet the locals because just what you just said, you get to find the best places to hang out and it's super mm -hmm. fun. I got multiple yeah. stories about that, but man, one of the things that I like to ask here are men of abundance and it, it gets kind of deep sometimes, but I asked this kick in the gut moment question because I want guys to realize we all have kick in the gut moments. Now you've got multiple kick in the gut moments. <laughs> and as a side note, even before I get into that, when I was, you're not the first person that I've interviewed on the show, not definitely not the first person that I, I've known over the years who have either been in the foster system or has actually been a part of the foster system in fostering children. Um, it's tough. And the one of the highest um, rates of depression and suicide rates and all this kind of stuff comes within the folks that are in the foster system. And then on top of that, you throw in that you're a veteran as well and been deployed and you got other things. How are you alive, man? I know you're just an amazing person, absolutely. <laughs> and I say that jokingly, but tongue to cheek, quite frankly, because it's very serious. It's very, very serious and the system needs to be fixed on yeah. multiple levels. But that might be part of your kick in the gut moment, but if you know, if you would share with us a kick in the gut moment, and then we're going to unpack that and see what you learn from that. Well, I, I definitely will, will will touch on that, but I wanted to mention that you know, uh, being deployed in the military, moving, and being in foster care, like those are very traumatic things. Uh, I did an interview with someone I think last week, and they mentioned that moving was like the third most traumatic experience in someone's life, and I've been traumatized 50 times just for moving. Mm -hmm. um, but you always have a choice. And I think that people don't realize they have a choice. You have whatever the situation is, you have the choice to emulate it or to reject it. When someone says something to you, you'd be like, oh, that's a nice comment. You think I'm ugly. Oh, is that, am I ugly? Is that true? Or ah, this person obviously doesn't know what they're talking about. I mean, look at this. Right. <laughs> And, you know, I'm kind of joking. I'm not saying that uh, about me. I don't think I'm particularly gorgeous, but I also don't think I'm an uggo either. But you have the choice to accept or reject those things that you're given and that you're told. And I always uh, made some good choices, as far as I can tell, with what to reject and be like, you know, I've seen some other choices that you make. There's not a chance that that opinion really applies to me. Um, 
but kicking the gum you know I listed in the military you know more than 20 years ago and I'm I'm still in I'm still active uh, which is just blows my mind because I didn't think they'd keep me around for this long but <laughs> I joined and based on my history as you might expect I joined as an E1 I joined at the lowest possible rank and worked my way up and you know some the Navy had that I didn't really have available to me is they have a, a system an actual system that you can follow. I know it's surprising, right? They have core values and it doesn't matter where you came from. You have to operate within the system. And they're like, show up on time. So I showed up on time and they promoted me, you know, mm -hmm. they're like, get these quals. So I get the quals and they promoted me again. And then I realized that working with quals when other people don't have them sucks. I was like, Hey, you guys all get these quals too. And they got all the quals. I'm like, man, this guy's got leadership. We're going to promote him again. And I'm just as shocked as everyone else was, but I made it up to E6 within seven years, uh, you know, was ejection seat mechanic in the Navy. And I got to this point where my criminal record finally dropped off and, uh, you know, the chance to apply for an officer program opened up and I went through and I got accepted and commissioned and all that fun stuff. But right before that happened, right before I got accepted to that program, there was someone that checked into the command and I thought this guy was, pardon my French, a jackass. I thought he just ran his mouth whenever he wanted to. And I didn't have a lot of respect for the guy. Someone said, Hey man, you guys are like brothers. You're like the same person. And I was like, <gasps> I thought I was being funny, but you all thought that I was being a complete jackass. <sighs> That's a kick in the gut. And I didn't realize that that's what I was putting out and putting oh. forward. I didn't, I didn't realize that that's how other people saw me. And it was the first time as an adult, you know, as a kid, you, you're shuffled around, you've got a trash bag with your clothes in it that you're taking from house to house or whatever. But like as an adult, that was the first time it was like, that's how you all see me. And I didn't know the right thing to do, but I did know that I could have the option to not say anything. So when we're in the big groups and the meetings or someone and someone says something dumb like they inevitably do, instead of jumping out the opportunity to, you know, crash through that open door and score some cheap points, uh, I just didn't say anything. And they were like, Travis, are you okay? What's going on? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I just didn't feel like they needed a comment from me. And they're like, really? And I realized that, you know, I had the opportunity to change my behavior. And when I changed my behavior of my reaction to different things and choose to respond in a way that was well thought out and well planned that I could change people's perception of me and what they thought of me. And because up until that time, although I had done the good stuff and got the good paperwork and got the quals that the Navy needed, like they weren't like thinking of leadership positions. They were like, Oh yeah, Travis. They were like, Oh, Travis. I mean, he does good stuff, but do we want mm -hmm. that jackass in charge of things? Do we want him being the face of this department, division, whatever? Um, and I didn't realize that until I got that kick in the gut. And I started doing some different things. You know, I became like the educational services officer, which if you know anything about the military, it's not a very big, important, flashy job. No one really cares about it. Uh, it doesn't matter what the job is. It matters what you do with it. And I mm -hmm. went through and I got every single instructor enrolled in college. And I got every single instructor signed up through U.S military apprenticeship programs and was doing the things that needed to be done in a, in a program that no one really cared about. And they were like, wow, this is really, this is really something. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I've got a program. Might as well do something with it. Um, 
And then they gave me the master training specialist program. I was an instructor at the time. And I did my diligence. I called down to the program office. I wanted to make sure I had the right instructions that we were doing things properly because I didn't get a really good turnover from the guy. And they're like, oh, how are you doing on the new change? I was like, the new change? What, what new change? Oh, yeah, six months ago, we put out this thing uh, for new program requirements and all this training that had to be up to date and new qualification standards. And I was like, oh, um, no, I didn't get it. Oh, really? Because it's due in a month to have your whole cadre of instructors updated to this thing and it was like uh send me the stuff because i was my first time hearing about it and it turns out that it wasn't like a bad pass down for that aspect but we weren't on their distro for the new the new standards so we never got notified that these were, were coming i got all the information i got to put together and i implemented it i got everyone qualified on the new process and the new train and uh, I got rewarded for it. I got a mid-tour Navy Achievement Medal that just said, hey, thank you for doing the good stuff. We really like what you're doing, and, and here's our recognition for this along the way. And I was kind of surprised by that because I just felt like I was doing the right thing. And sometimes just doing your job and just doing the right thing is enough. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow, that's, that's very powerful. And had you not... <laughs> That was what I call divine intervention. Had you not heard that comment, had that conversation in that meeting room that day, you could still be the jackass that everybody knows and hates. Let's be honest. To some people, I'm still that jackass. Well, there we are. There we are. <laughs> and sometimes that, you know, quite frankly, yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I, was, I you know, I don't know. I, I try. I do what I can to enhance my personality. I don't say change necessarily, but one of the things, honestly, is I, I can't stand to hear somebody ch say is, my mind's made up. You'll never change it. I'm sorry. That's a terrible place to be in, man. How, how long have you that? been refusing to grow as a person? Hello. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's a terrible place to be in my opinion, but obviously you're taking that information and you're still paying it forward. How are you paying it forward in a big way today? Uh, well, a lot of it has to do with, with the people that I interact with in the nonprofit world and in the, the interview space when I, when I host the podcast, the Nonprofit Architect Podcast. And we talk about really the how-to to do the thing that they're, that they're expert in. I just had an interview this morning on, on sponsorships, and it was a whole different way of doing sponsorships, not just your, your standard gold, silver, bronze, styrofoam, tin, whatever levels of giving mm -hmm. is about creating like a co-branded partnership and potentially like a survey that talks about something that impacts both sides of it and has real return on investment. You know, having these real conversations that really have impact, it, it's, it's something that, that I, I've benefited personally greatly from it. Um, going from knowing what I knew in nonprofit work to then you know, interviewing and talking to more than 400 different nonprofits and consultants and business experts over the last you know, year and a couple of months now. Um, for my own personal growth, it has been amazing. But then all those things that I learn, I get to then share with people in the nonprofit world. And they were like, well, how, is, well, how do you do this? I'm like, well, I know this, this, and this. But like, oh, I want more. Well, check out my buddy Wally. Wally's the guy you really have to talk to. So it creates this, this network of, of partnerships and referrals. And sometimes I'm the guy and sometimes I know the guy. And then it allows us to all grow and, and do what we want to do better and serve better. It's, I mean, it's my job to, to help the helpers. 
Yeah, absolutely. Let me unpack something real quick that's, yeah, that I'm really picking up is, and this is coming up because I've had conversations recently with people in light of a lot of jobs being lost or people losing hours at work and this, that, and the other. What can I do? You know, I want to learn a new skill. I want to learn something new. And one of the things that I've said time and time again that people just don't get, it doesn't make sense to them, is to become a curator. You don't have to be the expert. Just provide mm-hmm. a platform for the experts. Then have conversations with those experts, whether it's on a podcast, YouTube, blogging, interviewing, and then blogging about it, so on and so forth. I learned something from every single one of these conversations. I learned something from every conversation I have with a business owner. I just had a conversation with a guy who has a magic show that he, he's been doing overseas. Now he's back here in the, in the mainland. In, in specifically here in, in Tampa area in Florida and wants to open up an, a theater for goodness sake with everything going on, you know, and I'm learning so much about that industry. Uh, and, but my point is this, you pick a subject, pick a topic that you're passionate about. You've always wanted to learn, create a platform and interview the people that are the experts. Mm-hmm. Listen, I've had conversations with Jeff Hoffman, who started Priceline.com 20 years ago. He's a billionaire. You know, that's gotten me close to Pitbull because of what he's doing with Pitbull. I haven't had a conversation with him yet, but that's gotten me close. I've had conversations with Lee Cockrell, who used to be the VP of operations for Disney World Resorts. Um, I mean, and, and anybody in between, people you would never, and all those were introduced to me. Well, except for Lee, I reached out to, um, well, yeah. Anyways, they, they're introductions from people like, um, Jesse Cole, who owns the Savannah Bananas, after I interviewed him, he's like, Wally, you're awesome, man. Who do I want to connect? Who, who can I connect you with? I was like, I don't know. I said, well, name down your list. Lee was one of them. He goes, I know Lee. I'll have him email you in, within the hour. Kid you not. 15 minutes later, Lee sent him in the email. I'm like, this is crazy. So it just the connections are amazing, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. And like – Someone listening to this right now, they're like, like I'm out in the profit space. Like, why do I care? Should I listen to your show? Do you have anything for me? Absolutely. Because I don't just interview nonprofit leaders. I interview business leaders. I interview consultants. I interview people with the skills to help you do your thing better. I've talked to, oh, who have I talked to? Talked to Trish, Trish yeah. Leto, who's actually in the Tampa area. Her whole thing is, is five-minute Facebook Lives. Well, if you are in a business or you have an organization or you're trying to do something and you're not quite sure how to press play with purpose and understand how to do that, I have an interview with Trish Leto and she takes all the garbage out of it and shows you how to do it step-by-step. I have an interview with Lori McNeil, who is a former Mrs. Oregon, a tenured business professor, and now speaks internationally with the Think and Grow Rich uh, international speaking tour for Napoleon Hill. And she teaches you how to connect with the media and how to get booked on your local newspaper, radio, TV show, what you should do and how to make sure it happens. And she has a huge 100% success rate in how she does it. I have branding and marketing experts and all of that stuff, all the clarity and the mission that aligns with business. I have people like Stephen Kuhn who teach you how to take your boring digital pamphlet of a website and how to create content like I'm talking about here with Wally, whether it's a blog or a podcast or a news feed and how to actually cultivate that and how to do that. So you're collecting emails and he sends out an email blast every week to his 500,000 people on his email list. And if you even get 1% to say yes to 10 bucks, what's a hundred thousand dollar offer that you're having there. I get people talking about leadership and how to do, 
giftology and what giftology is, how to give a gift that really impacts people that you, you'll get them talking forever about it. I've got an interview with Vincent James on how to contact celebrities. The guy runs a Keep Music Alive nonprofit, but he got Julie Andrews, you know, Miss Mary Poppins Sound of Music to come do a promo for Keep Music Alive Day. And he gives you the step-by-step -step PDF of what of the template he uses to contact celebs via email. You know, it's things like that that have me excited each and every time I talk to a new guest. And half the time you reach out to these guys, you know, and you let them know that you have a platform, podcast, whatever the case may be, they're more than happy to help out. So many people put these folks on a, on a pedestal and they're not on a pedestal. You put them there. They're not sitting there. Jay, uh, who is, who, who co-wrote the one thing with them, Gary, Jay Papazan. Jay Papazan was one of the earliest mm -hmm. guys I reached out to because I loved the book, The One Thing. Read it, listened to it, dot, you know, the whole bit. And I have other books up here from Gary Keller. But I reached out to Jay on Twitter. Jay's like, absolutely, dude. Let's hook it up. Send me your link. I was like, damn, that's awesome. <laughs> it's fun to be able to do that, you know? All you got to do is ask them. All you got to do, uh, my, my big thing is uh, I connect with them usually in a Facebook group. And say, I love what you're doing. I'd love to hear more. Can we set up a call? And then I'm just asking them about the thing that they're passionate about, which gets me excited. And they're like, what are you doing with like this information? Well, I have actually I have a podcast and I'd love to have you on a guest. And you can tell our listeners exactly how you do this great thing. What do you think? Well, there's the key. That's the key that you said right there specifically is that you're adding, you're first being interested in them. There's this thing about being interested, not interesting. And because really nobody cares about you until they know you care about them, quite frankly. And that's generally the case yep. across the board. Absolutely. But when you show that you have interest in what they're doing and what their passion is, and you can help them with it in some way, then they're willing to have that conversation. Oh, absolutely. And I know you just mentioned you know, John, quote unquote, Nick mm -hmm. Valentine and the stuff that he's doing. You know, on that list that came out, the people that I've been connected to over the last year, like Nick Valentine and Sean Douglas and Tammy Moses and Annette Wittenberger and James Snow and, 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 all have podcasts on this top list and we've traded interviews. I've been on their show with Stephen Cohen and I've been on there with Richard Kaufman. I've had them both on my show. And it's just amazing how this network of stuff grows. Like Lori McNeil, I interviewed her over a year ago. We talk like every stinking week about something. And she'll send people my way. I'll send people her way. And it's just this amazing thing that happens when you're not there for you, that you're elevating everyone. Rising tide raises all ships. You provide value without expectation. I'm, I'm coming in here to provide Wally with value. What's it going to do for mm -hmm. me? Don't know. Don't care. Absolutely. And the funny thing is 90% of the people you just mentioned, Stephen Kuhn, been on my show. All the, many of those folks either have been on my, been on my show. I've lifted them up on my show. I may have been on their podcast, but I know them. I know almost all, everyone you just mentioned yeah. and, and, and have had conversations yeah. with them one-on-one, -on -one, not just like we're connected on, you know, Facebook or whatever the case may be. But yeah, absolutely. And then again, it's just all about connecting and adding value, man. And, and that's, we need, everybody, you know, I was going to say the same thing everybody else says, we need more of that in the world. Well, there's so freaking much of it. That's how we started this conversation. There's so much amazing stuff going on in the world. And that's, 
why part of why I started Men of Abundance so that I could share these conversations and show people there's so much more good going on in the world than what we are led on to be. You just have to open your eyes and get out there. And unfortunately, you have to look for it in some cases. But look for the stories anyway, because many of the people that come on the show, I have to seek some of them out because I hear about them. I hear a story about them. And I'm like, hey, I want to have you on the show. And they're like, yeah, that's great. But I'm not really into, you know, boasting about myself. It's not about that. I would rather share your story than, you know, share the video of two girls in a McDonald's fighting or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's just the way I am. Which, let's be honest, that does have value. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Anyhow, brother, we can have the, we can just go on and on, but we both have other things we got to get done. Uh, I want to get into the uh, pay it forward round. You ready to do that? Let's do it. Excellent. All right, listen up, Abundant Leaders. If you want to take full control of your personal economy, put your leadership and business skills to work, you absolutely can start your own business coaching business. The fact is business owners need professional coaching more now than ever. And as a business coach, you get the opportunity to put your skills to work, provide a critical service, and get duly compensated. Now, if you're saying to yourself, I would like to change careers, I would like to enhance my current career, or I would actually like to be a profitable business coach, that then brings up the question, how do you structure a coaching business? How do you get paid? How do you get clients? These seem to be the biggest questions that I hear when I'm talking to people who want to start a coaching business, specifically a business coaching business. How do you do one-on-one coaching and group coaching, and how do you set up a member site to create continuity? within my coaching business. And then, of course, even if you can't figure all of that out, what's the investment? Well, I'm going to answer all of those questions for you and much more. All you have to do is go to bcbbravocharliebravo.apbusinessmastery.com. That's where I will be sharing with you how to give yourself a raise whenever you like, gain more leads than you can handle so you can be very selective about who you choose to work with. You'll find out how we get clients fast results so they stay and pay for years, not just months. I will share with you how we literally show the prospects the money so you don't have to sell. And more importantly, to me anyways, you will potentially be saving lives and marriages possibly even yours. It really is that serious. Now, if you're ready to take full control of your personal economy, put your leadership and business skills to work, and you believe that starting your own business coaching business might be the solution, then head over to bcb at apbusinessmastery.com. And don't worry about trying to write that down. You'll find the link in the show notes. Now, let's get back to the conversation. So share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today. Uh, my big thing that I got into is, is trying to figure out what it is that I don't know. And when I find out what it is that I don't know, all of a sudden I have more tools in my toolbox. And one of the ways that I do that is by net, doing net things. Net is no extra time. So I found that I didn't have time to read but I needed the information that was in those books as someone's lifetime worth of work, thing that they've dedicated vast majority of their life to, and they're distilling it down to you in a, something that you can digest. But I didn't have time to read, so I did audiobooks. And I would put on an audiobook, going to and from work, preparing for a podcast, 
uh, working out, whatever it is, even if I'm going to the grocery store, that might be five minutes of an audiobook I get in. And let's be honest, it always takes longer than five minutes, right? And by doing that, last year, I crushed 60 books, 60 books just by no extra time, not taking extra time away from my family or any of that stuff, by just listening and allowing that to happen. This year, I think I'm on pace to read 70 books, which is disgusting. If the average CEO reads 50 books a year, how much more do you need to take in that content if that's what they're doing? Uh, So that's definitely one. Uh, Number two, if you're a startup nonprofit and you're looking to get more information, check out the podcast. It's free. You can do it the no extra time. If you're in startup business, most of the things I mentioned apply to you as well. Sure, you don't have the same kind of fundraising and you might not have volunteers and you don't have a board, but everything else applies to you and there's solid information in there. And if you are running a business, maybe you find a way to help partner with a nonprofit. Like if you listen to my episode with Isaac Belden, where he talks about credit card processing, which puts more money back into your pocket with each and every swipe. And you can support a nonprofit at the same time without taking any money out of your pocket. And you're like, what? I can save money and support a nonprofit for no extra money? Why not? Check out that interview with Isaac Bellin. And the number one thing I can recommend to you is to do a self-evaluation and see if what you feel that you're putting out to the world is actually what they're receiving. I know for me, at least at one point in my life, it was not. And once I finally got a hold of that thing and changed things around, my life began to grow exponentially. And you can do the same thing. Man, excellent. Thanks for sharing that. And by the way, thanks for reminding me about the credit card processing, because that's another thing I have written down right here in my book that I keep in front of me for cases like this, (laughs) because my current credit card processor, I just did a transaction the other day and I was like, oh, took all my nail money. And then at least I want some of it to go to something. You know, if it, if they are taking the same amount, I at least want part of it to go somewhere. Um, See, this so is perfect. Huge. So you can, you can work with your credit card processor or call Isaac and work a deal. And then every, a portion of all the proceeds, the profits that he would get, he could send those to Rosie Lee for their nonprofit and you could support them with every swipe in your business. Excellent. Yeah, definitely going to do that. I greatly appreciate that. And I'm listening to the audio books. I got to say specifically, I like you, you use the analogy of going or talking about going to the grocery store. My wife will send me to the grocery store and she's like, why the heck does it take you an hour to go? to?" The-? It's because I'm listening to audio books and I'm trying to get in that time <laughs> to be honest with you. Anyhow, man, great way to uh, consume content. I'm sure listening to audiobooks and, and reading and other things are great rituals, but what other rituals make a, make a great impact in your day? What other rituals, man? I don't know if I have any other rituals. I know the one thing that I really care about, especially with my kids, that I, I know that I have to do, no matter what I'm doing, if at all possible, I want to put them to bed. Mm-hmm. I want to take a few moments in private, just me and them, one-on-one, let them know that I love them, I support them, I'm there for them, get that big squeeze at the end of the night so they can go to bed feeling safe and secure because I know I didn't have that growing up. Oh, that's huge. Absolutely huge. Well, obviously you mentioned some book. you mentioned that you listened to a lot of, a lot of books. What book would you recommend that our uh, listeners read or listen to and why? <laughs> like one, like I'm like looking at my library down here. 
Um, it, it really just depends on, on where you're at. If you're trying to answer, I love that answer. If you're trying to uh, make some extra money and let's be honest, offense is usually better than defense and you need to generate some extra cash. The four hour work week with Tim Ferriss is a book that really changed my entrepreneurial journey and how I looked at different things. I've always had a, an outside the box perspective based on all the places I've been to, but that really got me going down the road of something like this podcast of how I can do something differently and provide value uh, far beyond myself. I'm still active duty Navy. I've got over 20 years in. I've got 12 years enlisted and eight as a commissioned officer. And I fly the airplane you see behind me, the E6B at a Tinker Air Force Base. And I'm still able to have a top rated podcast. Most people think that's astronomical or insane, but it only takes me a few minutes a week to make this stuff happen. And a book like The 4-Hour Work Week might show you how to do it. Uh, another top contender, I think I went, I went through this book five times last year, is Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. And he walks you through, he is the top hostage negotiator with the FBI, and he walks you through a couple of scenarios, and then he talks about the principles and how you can apply them to your daily life, to your daily interactions, things like how do I negotiate a better paycheck for my boss that's in there. He walks you through how to do that. Things like how do I negotiate better airline tickets or seats you know, at the airline? How do I negotiate a better business deal that everyone wins? And how do I make sure I get what I want and find a win-win situation like with credit card processing and Isaac Belden? Mm. Wow, excellent. Excellent recommendations. I greatly appreciate that. What do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? It, it's themselves. It's that, it's that jackass they see in the mirror every day. Um, I, this is completely generalities, but most guys walk by the mirror and regardless of what we're looking like, we can suck in the gut and flex a little bit and feel like we're the strongest man on the planet. And most ladies walk by and all they see is all the imperfections. You, you, you've got the choice to, to design your own life. By the numbers, I should be in a gutter somewhere, a worthless piece of trash with needles hanging out of my arms or kids you know, with three or four different ladies. Like I, I shouldn't you know, have a degree uh, nearly done with my master's. I shouldn't have, by the numbers, a side business or a successful podcast. I shouldn't be coming up on 20 years of marriage with my wife. Figure out what it is that truly matters. Get rid of the stuff that really doesn't matter, like all the election noise. Hmm. None of this stuff has an impact on your life. The, the three people you vote on that have the most impact on your life, if you have kids, are the president of the school board, the sheriff, and your local district attorney. Because if your sheriff says he doesn't care about speeders, he cares about whatever, then you can speed all day long and not have to worry about it. Like that has real tangible impact on your life. You know, whether or not the president says something stupid really shouldn't affect you. And you have, if you're, <laughs> if you're controlled by your emotions, you're not doing anyone a service whatsoever. Or I like, think you're going to say triggered by your emotions. I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but not tr <laughs> triggered by your emotions. That's, that's an appropriate term around there, here. But I agree. There is so many people that I agree with, and there's so many people I disagree with. But me being a Christian and a man of faith, that the Lord came for two reasons love and forgiveness, love and grace. And if we don't agree, I still love you. If you do me wrong, I might provide you a little bit of grace. I may not get back in front of traffic and let that bus hit me again, but you better believe that I, I've forgiven you. Mm -hmm. And me letting go of that hate and that pain uh, helps me. The other person, chances are they don't even care or they don't even know they wronged you. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. That's sure. like the analogy. Yeah, that's like drinking poison and hoping the other guy dies. Yep. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. Don't have time for it. I'm not going to forgive him. Why not? They don't care at all. They're, they probably haven't thought about this again, but bothering you for the last 10 years, you need to let it go. I, I use the hugging the cactus analogy. You're, mm. you're holding onto this cactus and every time you move or wiggle, it causes more pain. But if you just let it go, then you'll actually have a chance to heal. Hello. Exactly. So what does being a man of abundance mean to you? Being a man of abundance applies to so many different facets of your life. You know, at a time I didn't understand finances because obviously no one taught me and we were eyeballs in debt. And the big key for me was giving and how that changes how you interact with money. And as soon as you start giving money away intentionally, it changes the way you feel about it because there's always going to be more money coming in. You might not always have the opportunity to give, but once you do give it away, you realize you've had more than enough the whole time. When you interact with people and you always worried about what's in it for me, that's not an abundance mindset. That is a finite mindset. That is a scarcity mindset. That is a survival mindset. And those mindsets don't help you do anything. Go grab a plant. Go go find one. Go get something new. Are you going to water it? Are you going to hold on to it? Are you going to squeeze it tight? Are you going to squeeze the life right out of it? Or are you going to give it the water it needs and the sunlight it needs and the positive words of encouragement so it can grow and look well? Take a look at your own life. I think Zig Ziglar said, uh, you know, who here has a million-dollar racehorse? You know, seeing if anyone did. Well, if you did, would you keep it up late all night? Would you have it smoking and drinking and carrying it on? And people are like, no, why would you do that with a million-dollar racehorse? Well, why are you doing that to you? What you got against you that yeah. you do that to Take care of yourself. Yeah. You're, yeah. Worth You're worth it. Absolutely. And on your, on your first point about giving, giving is, in fact, the highest level of happiness, um, without a doubt. And I've personally experienced that myself. Travis, absolutely amazing conversation. I really dig it. We're going to have everything that we mentioned here and your site and everything linked up in the show notes. What specifically do you want linked up in the show notes? And before we let you go, what did we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today? I just want to make sure that they know that wherever they're at in life, whatever phase of life they're in, it gets better and you can choose to make it better. Absolutely. 100%. Great conversation, man. Great wisdom. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Go out, live your life of abundance. Keep paying it forward. You're making a huge difference in many people's lives. You've definitely impacted my life just from the conversation that I listened to you on with uh, Rosie and Valerie. I greatly appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Wally. This was fun. Absolutely. All right, men of abundance, just like we started this conversation out, who can you help? Who in your community can you pay it forward to? You are very, very abundant. You have more than you can imagine. And you have a responsibility to pay it forward in your community. So your action step today is to find somebody, anybody, that you can pay it forward to without judgment. It doesn't matter who it is. Pay it forward. Time, treasures, or talents. Share your wisdom. Share your experience. Heck, just sit with somebody quietly. You can't imagine the power in that. But pay it forward one way or another, I assure you. It will come back to you tenfold at some point in your life. But 
Don't expect it to happen. That's not how it works. Now, go out, live your life of abundance, and be sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.